This is Pace the Nation. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back in the heart of all things. Of course, in my world, that's Clarendon. I'm Chris Farley, back again for episode 269 of Pace the Nation. A big, big episode to get to today. Excited to have you join us. I am flying solo today. I don't know if I've flown solo, you know, for any of these episodes, any of these 268 episodes uh, previous to this one. But uh, here I am on my mated voyage, uh, flying solo here uh, on episode 269. We do have an exciting guest we're going to get to. So it's not going to be just me yapping away uh, for the next uh, 45 minutes. We've got an exciting guest to get to today. Uh, scheduling conflict, a lot of things going on. Julie could not join us, uh, so she will be back next week. We've got uh, two really, really uh, good shows here. Well, actually, I've got three today's and then two shows in the future that we're really excited about. She'll be on those next few shows. Uh, but today, uh, before we get to our guest, I just wanted to reflect for just a moment. Uh, this time of year, we have our all-staff meeting at Pacers Running. And we had it on Sunday night as we record here on Tuesday. Uh, today is Tuesday, March 29th. And, you know, it's in front of all of our staff or all of our stakeholders. And I told a story and I tell this story every year about how I got into the business. How I started working at Pacers in 1999. And it kind of struck me that, man, I've been at this thing for a while, working uh, at the store since 1999, purchased the store in 2003. We've had this podcast for six years, so uh, been doing it for a long time, and there's there's just a lot of great connections, a lot of great experiences throughout uh, the twenty plus years that I've been with the, the this Pacers running organization. So I was doing a little reflecting on that. Um, you know, one of the one of my buddies uh, who who chimed in on the podcast, I thought it was really funny. Um, he said, "You know, Farley." you're pitching this every, every time I love your show. You're pitching this, uh, new business of, of relay, which is all about sustainability and you know, you're saving the planet and you're, you're saving shoes and all that stuff. But every time I tune into pace the nation, you've got this plastic water bottle. Do I need to give you a reusable water water bottle? Um, I thought it was a good point. So Brian today, I'll be sipping from, um, my, uh, pace the nation mug. And uh, no more you, uh, no more plastic water bottles for me. So, uh, and I've probably known Brian for 15 of the 20 years that I've been 20 plus years I've been working at Pacers. Um, and then another person uh, popped up this this past week, a longtime friend, an old friend of mine, not an old friend because he's my age and we're not old, but a friend who uh, has who I've known uh, pretty much when we started the business. His name is Mike Gugat, and he's the reason why. Uh, we were able to secure this guest this week. 
I put out there on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, to the audience, hey, who do you think we should interview next on Pace the Nation? And we got a lot of, of really good suggestions that we're following up on currently. So thank you for everybody who chimed in. So Mike, good friend, started this company, Jaybirds, and they were crowdsourcing funding. And I was quick to throw in some money for it because they're building kids' shoes. And I've got more kids than anybody. Well, so there's days I feel like I got more kids than anybody, but we definitely are in the market for kids shoes. So, uh, threw in some money on this crowdsource, uh, funding, and he connected me with, uh, another old friend of his, Ron Wayne. So Ron Wayne has been in the business, uh, for, for longer than Mike and I combined. He worked at Nike, he worked at Mizuno and, uh, you know, Mike said, Ron is really connected with this professional runner for Nike. His name is Cooper Tier. I said, Cooper Tier, he's like one of the best runners in the world right now. Uh, and, and Mike said, I think Ron can connect you with Cooper and get you get him on the show. So sure enough, through Mike, talked to Ron, had a great discussion with, with Ron. Uh, we caught up uh, in about an hour discussion. He told me about his connection with Cooper. Ron connected me with, with Cooper's dad who I talked to Dave Tier for, for a long time about, uh, you know, Cooper growing up and how he became the runner that he is. And I then text back and forth with Cooper. And so we've secured this interview. So really excited. Cooper is just a, a star runner, uh, literally one of the best in the world right now. Uh, a week ago, he ran 1306 for 5,000 meters. I, and that, you know, is, is one of the, one of the best times in the world right now. Uh, he's a professional runner for Nike. He's a collegiate record holder. Um, and my interaction with him and his dad, just a really good kid. 22 years old, went to the University of Oregon. Uh, like I said, collegiate record holder in the mile and the distance medley uh, relay as well. Uh, he finished fourth at the uh, 2020 Olympic trials, just out of a spot uh, on the Olympic team. Um, and so you know, his story has been told a number of times uh, through, through uh, you know, outlets and podcasts out there. But today we're going to kind of tell the story of how Cooper became the runner he is today. Uh, a big year for Cooper, a big year for all these professional runners. The, uh, the world championships are happening in Eugene, Oregon. As you can see over my shoulder, for those who are watching on the video, uh, I've got my, my Eugene, Oregon uh, world championships poster up. Uh, so, World Champs, World Champs Trials are in Cooper's hometown of Eugene, Oregon. So a big year for Cooper. So with that, I want to give thanks to Mike. I want to give thanks to Ron. I want to give thanks to Dave. I'm going to bring in one of the best runners in the world right now, Cooper Tier. He joins us next here on Pace the Nation. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C., for the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program. And now we are excited to be joined across the country from Alameda, California. It's Cooper Tier. Cooper, how are you? 
Doing well. Yeah. No complaints. Just thanks for, thanks so much for joining us. And it is Alameda, California, right? Am I yeah, correct? correct. I'm, I'm very ge geographically challenged. Uh, <laughs> so you, you, your parents live in Alameda and you live in Eugene. Like what's going on? Where do you live right now? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Alameda. I've lived here pretty much all my life. Um, but then, yeah, I went up to Eugene for college and, um, you know, post-collegiate now, but still in kind of the same training situation. So yeah, I'm based out of Eugene right now, kind of doing all my running and, and a lot of my meets up there, uh, awesome. back at Hayward and, and coached by Ben Thomas still your, your collegiate coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Ben is Ben's still my coach. Um, we got a little kind of post-collegiate group set up, uh, in Eugene. So yeah, it works. And it's, uh, you know, kind of really smooth transition from what I was doing in college. Oh, dude, you've been on fire, man. And I'm going to, we're going to get to kind of what you're doing now and congratulations on the 1306, which is just insane. And tell our audience, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe like how fast per mile is that? Our audience maybe doesn't know the elite world as well as some others. Um, how fast a mile is that? I think it's around 410. 410. Four wow. so. Um that was awesome. So you uh you and your your teammate uh Cole Hawker ran that. We're going to we're going to talk about that, but man, I've really enjoyed talking to your family friend Ron Wayne and your dad Dave Tier. And so let's go back. Let's tell the story of Cooper Tier. Um you know, I'm I'm going to start back, you know, cuz I, I again, I talked to both uh Ron and your dad about you Growing up there in Alameda, you were you were kind of a t-ball, soccer, basketball, lacrosse. You did a little every every sport. It wasn't necessarily like you were this junior track champion right away, correct? No, yeah, not at all. I mean, I grew up. My parents were really supportive of kind of anything I wanted to do, and um, I essentially just did all the stuff my friends were doing. Um, you know, played played baseball, soccer, basketball. I mean, any sport you could really think of. I probably probably did it at least once. Um, so yeah, I would just say I was a pretty active kid. And, um, I figured I'd find whatever it would be uh, for a while. I thought it might be basketball for a while. I thought it might be soccer. Um, and then, yeah, I started getting into some other stuff, um, some triathlon type stuff. And, uh, eventually I just kind of found my niche and, uh, found my community and running, um, through some friends and, uh, you know, kind of just went with it, rolled with it from there and it's gotten so here. So, so, and, and I want to stay kind of in the, in the way back machine right now. Uh, it, your, your grandfather was a star high school runner and, and probably was, could have been a stud like you. Um, and, and Chris, I want you to show a couple pictures of these medals and, and your grandfather running, um, a regional champion, state champion out of Michigan. Did you know that about your, your grandfather and did your, so your grandfather was a runner. Did you know that? And number two, were your parents runners? Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I didn't really find that out about my grandpa until I started becoming kind of following in the same footsteps. Uh, and then I, I don't remember how we stumbled upon it, but found his, his medals from, uh, when he won the mile and the Michigan state championships, like 1950 or whatever it was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, didn't really know. And then, you know, my dad, my dad was a good runner in his own right. He, he ran like 441 as a freshman in high school, but, nice. uh, you know, he played basketball and stuff and he had a couple injuries, so it didn't end up kind of all materializing into anything. But, um, yeah, I think it, it kind of ran in my family. I had an uncle who was really good at running as well. So, um, at the end of the day, I think we just are a pretty athletic family. Yep. Um, right. and yeah, we had a little bit, a little bit of background in running and, um, I just took to it and ran with it. 
So I, I again, Chris, you show this picture again of his grandfather running. I mean, it's an awesome, it's an awesome pic your dad sent me, and we'll we'll put that over the 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 video uh, version of of this podcast. Um, so fifth grade, um, and this is coming from Ron and your dad. Uh, you ran a two mile race, and it was probably in Alameda there, and your parents probably didn't know that you were one of the top runners or didn't realize, you know, that you used, like you said, you did all these other sports, but you and Gavin Hill were like the top runners in this race. Can you recall that race? And can you recount it for our audience? Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, you know, there's a little shoreline that runs down and overlooks the bay. And, um, there was a little out and back one mile out, do a loop and uh, one mile back. And, and Gavin was kind of the, the guy to beat when it came to running. He's the star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always, I remember he went to, um, the uh elementary school opposite of mine and um there was a day specifically when all the all the elementary schools would come and hang out at this park together and i remember that's i think the first time i met him didn't like him um (laughs) and uh and then we did this race and after he probably wiped the floor with me and then um And is that he, why you he, didn't like him? Because he, he could probably, kick yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. But, uh, then after that, yeah. Um, we talked after that race and, uh, started talking to his dad and, um, kind of just became friends and they started taking me to, to practices in, in Castro Rally, which was kind of the closest track club and that was pretty established. And, um, you know, from there, you know, we became best friends inseparable and, um, he kind of, he kind of paved the way for my running journey. And he was better than me for, you know, a couple years wow. following that. And, um, you know, from there, I think that's what gave me the initial motivation to want to be better and um, kind of take it seriously and take it to the next level. But but we we, we were we kind of touched on it, but you were thinking triathlons. So as a as youth, did you do some triathlons? Yeah, I did a bunch. Um, I remember I had two friends. Could you swim? Could uh, you swim at all? <laughs> I, I did like a swim team for probably two weeks yeah. and I okay. hated it. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, triathlon was like a really good eye opener uh, when it came to running because, you know, I would go and I would be like last out of the pool. And at a certain point when you're that young, nobody's any better than anyone at biking. So it would all come down to the end when uh, when we would run and I would just like come from nowhere and, and win some of these races. And there was like a whole circuit of it. And I remember I think I was like second overall in my age group for the circuit. Uh, one year and I was like, okay, I'm pretty good at this. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I suck at, I suck at swimming, I'm nothing <laughs> crazy at biking. So maybe running, maybe running is the thing I should stick with. Um, and yeah, that was kind of all throughout elementary and middle school. And, and from there, I think once I get to high school, it, I realized that that was kind of my calling. And that's and, what I and, and before you got to high school, you still weren't specializing. Like you, you did some junior track stuff that I want to ask you about, but you weren't specializing. You're doing, doing other sports still, correct? Yeah, I was doing a bunch of stuff. I mean, I was, cool. I was playing basketball. I was playing, uh, I mean, soccer, I think was my, probably my main sport. I was never great at it, but all my friends played and um, I was on a pretty good team that ended up winning like a state cup title um, for our kind of junior, whatever mm-hmm. division, um, which was, you know, really good. But again, I wasn't getting a bunch of playing time. I wasn't, you know, scoring goals. I was kind of just having fun being there with, with all my friends. And then, um, I was kind of just happy with being average at it. Um, and then I found that I don't have to be average. In right, right. <laughs> and, and so that was a big draw. So I, I want to ask about Ron. So when Ron said he saw you, you do in other sports, playing volleyball. 
And he said, who's this lanky, tall kid? I wonder if he's a volleyball. Ron worked in the, the, the at Mizuno at the time, and they you know, did a lot with volleyball. So maybe he saw you as a volleyball prodigy or volleyball potential player. Do you remember meeting Ron Wayne, who was an amazing runner in his own right and had a long career in the running industry? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was at this same house right out, right out front. <laughs> And I was actually with Gavin and we were just tossing around the volleyball and we had some friends that, that played volleyball. So we would just kind of have fun with it. And yep. he comes up, he goes, you guys play volleyball. And uh, I was like, Oh no, no. Like we run, we run track. Right, right. Was, oh my God. That's even better. And he looks <laughs> up and I, and I had a, I, I think I still have it. I had the like Oregon um, sticker in my window and he looks up, he goes, Oregon, that's cool. I was like, yeah, I mean, I love Oregon. I mean, best running school. I love Prefontaine, all this stuff. And he goes, like, his eyes just right. widened, and uh, and he was like, "Okay, this is this is cool." And then um, I think he started talking to my parents a little bit, just because I mean, he literally lives a block away. So uh, we kind of went from there, and he very quickly became a, a really good mentor for me. Um, and you know, it's just like opened my eyes to the world of track. I think I was always sort of a fan, and I liked the idea of it, but it wasn't until I really met him that um i kind of realized how big of a community is and um you know what all is out there and the history behind it yep and 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 for our audience ron wayne um you know again long history in the this industry working for nike and working for mizuno a neighbor of yours which is crazy but uh, but a, a star runner at uh you at oregon as well correct mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. So. No, Ron, Ron was really good in his own right. He was on some great teams. I mean, he was on the team with Prefontaine. Um, he, he sends out, I think it's so funny. He sends out Christmas cards every year and a lot of them have old iconic photos. There's one with uh, him and pre there's one with him and like Alan Webb. And uh, yeah, he's just like, I mean, he's been around the block. He's, yep. uh, you know, as seasoned as anyone else. Yep. He's a, a great, a great guy to have on your block and a great guy to have as your mentor. Um, so uh, your dad was, was saying that, um, and, and I've got three boys of my own that are really young. So I'm like, I, I just was, was really idolizing this because, uh, or I was really excited to hear this, that he would, you guys would run road races together and then you would watch like the Prefontaine movie, uh, the, the, the night before the races true or not true. Is this like something that your dad just, you know, conjured up in his mind because he wanted that to be the case or did that really happen no i i think it did happen i mean we have you know on the garage we have a, a vhs player a tv with and we have like 10 vhs's and two of them are like prefontaine movies and nice um i used to just sit out there while my dad was working and, and just sit on the couch and watch him over and over and over and uh and i don't think he was like trying to, you know, make something come to fruition. Right. From it. it just like ended up being, I was so interested in it. And, uh, and I felt like it was sort of a calling for me. And, um, from there, like, I was like, why would I not watch it? Like, this is, this is literally my idol. And, uh, and yeah, it was just like, I don't know. It was, it was a really cool experience. And the more I look back on it, the more I think like, how did this happen? Like everything kind of fell into place without, yeah it even like us even trying to do it that way. It is, it, it is, it is crazy. Your dad mentioned that as well. Um, so I think your dad said the moment he thought, okay, this is uh, Cooper's more than just, and again, I'm talking to Cooper tier who's one of the best runners in the world right now. 1306, uh, 5k uh, last week at Stanford. 
um, where he realized that you were just more, that that's running thing was more than just a little hobby or something that could, he realized it was something that could take you places was in seventh grade. Uh, when you went to Myrtle beach for a junior Olympics event, um, do you remember a moment that you thought, wow, okay, maybe I can run where pre ran, where Ron ran at, at places like the university of Oregon. Do you remember when that light bulb hit? Yeah, I don't think at all it was in seventh grade. Rather than <laughs> I ran so badly there. I, I think I got like 150th or something in that race. Right. And it was like junior Olympics. It was kind of like the national meet for younger kids. And I mean, it wasn't bad by any means, but it wasn't like a, oh, like a, oh my God moment. Right. Like this is what I'm going to do. Um, I think that came a little later down the line. Probably, I think it was probably my freshman year. That's uh, in high school. That's when I made probably the biggest strides. I went from, you know, running 502 in the mile to 432. And, um, you know, right off the bat, I was on a team that my freshman year won uh, a California state title, which is, I mean, very hard to do. Yep. Um, and uh, basically from there, I think I was the third or fourth guy on my team on a really solid team and just made huge strides my freshman year going from, you know, running, taking it somewhat seriously to actually going on to a legitimate high school team. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just showed me those huge strides that I could, I could make. And from there you get a little taste of that success and you just want to ro like roll with it. Yep. So uh, from then, then on, I think I was hooked and um, there was a couple times where I just figured I was like, okay, I'm, you know, one of the top freshmen in California. Mm -hmm. And then I became one of the top sophomores in the country and then so on and so forth. And I think, I think it was that transition from like middle school to high school and really taking it seriously that showed me that I could get to the next level. So we had, we've had, and, and we're friends with Reinhard Harrison. Do you know, you know, Reinhard, he's going, yeah, to, is course. he at Oregon now? Is he going to, uh, no, he'll be, he'll be, he'll there be there next fall. year. So a star runner, he's, he's, he wants to be the next Cooper tier, um, so, like great kid who ran all our road races. But what, what's interesting to me, he, he grew up here in this DC area, moved to Florida ultimately. But, um, you know, what was interesting to me was he was a stud, like, I, I guess better than <laughs> what, what you were at the junior Olympic stuff. So to me, you know, I, I guess there, there are two paths. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I know guys who were running 420 in eighth grade and, mm -hmm. you know, 409 as a freshman in high school. I wasn't that way. I, I took a little more long-term approach to it. I think, <laughs> yeah. and for me, I think it was really good. Um, I was never pushed to do anything I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And at the root of it, I was just having fun with it. And I was just enjoying the process of um, just learning kind of how it works. And uh, it was kind of fun to not be the best. It gave me something to work towards. Mm -hmm. And it was also, there was no pressure to, you know, go out there and win every race. And once I did start winning races, I found that, you know, maybe it's good that I didn't start doing it off the bat. I had to go through some, some trials and tribulations and, kind of get my butt whooped for a little while. And then, uh, you know, next thing you know, you get a little taste of running fast and, and winning races and you don't want it to stop. And I think, yeah, having, having the realization that maybe I wasn't the best right away, um, just pushed me to work harder in practice. And, um, yeah, again, once you get a taste of it, you don't want it to oh, stop. Yeah. So. And, and I, and I, I think for Reinhardt too, we talked to him when he was injured, right? So he's had these ups and downs too. He was a stud junior Olympics stud in high school obviously but he's had his ups and downs and that seems to drive 
the great athletes, the downs, the injuries, yeah. the troubles that you have, the, the losses that you have. Um, you haven't had too many, but I do want to touch on a, a couple with you. Um, but before, before we, before, because I think that is always an important part of the story is, is, you know, the, the, the success that you have through some failures that you, that you have along the way. Um, so you're recruited. You like you said, you realize freshman year, you're like, okay, I'm a good runner now. I, I, I get this. Was there any other question? Was it a question that it was going to be anything other than Eugene? If you could get there, if you could run there? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, I remember my mom has this picture I drew. Uh, I'm sure my dad probably told like yep. gave you some insight about it, but just me, literally terrible artist. But I was in my room doodling. <laughs> He said your sister is a good artist. Your sister is really very talented artist. Yes, right. But you she got all of that. I got all the athletics. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, night and day. But uh, yep. yeah, and I drew a picture and it said me in a couple of years and it's me in an Oregon uniform on Hayward Field. Just like, and again, right away, like I knew it. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew how to, how to get there. I didn't necessarily know or think that I would get there, but it was always in the back of my mind. And once I did get to that, to that point i remember i'll never forget i was in eugene actually um watching the olympic trials when i got a call from the coach uh andy powell at the time and mm -hmm. i was just i was like what is going on like did he actually just call me and uh yeah from there it was kind of no question i i took some other visits and i i you know looked other places but at the end of the day i knew in the back of my mind I'm going to be a duck. Like yeah. So the, the, the world team, tr the world team trials will be there, uh, coming this summer. The world champs are, are going to be there this summer. Uh, it is a magical, I mean, can you describe, you know, what it's like to, cause I've been there for the Olympic trials. I was there for the trials where you were fourth. And I want to ask you about that race as well, but can you describe what it's like to, to live there, train there and have track be so important to that community in Eugene? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a handful of locals that we literally see every day on the trails that are out there, and it, you can just tell it's the highlight of their day when we run That's by awesome. and we say hey and uh, kind of just keep it moving. And yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a surreal experience. I think right when you get there, you're starstruck. I got mm -hmm. there and uh, I was kind of the last year of old Hayward, right? And I can't imagine coming in and just being introduced right away to the new Hayward field because it's, it's an insane facility and overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot and it's yep. getting better by the day. Um, and yeah. And once you begin to train there, like you go anywhere else and it just feels like a letdown at, at a certain point. Um, and you know, being an athlete there, you get treated so well and, um, you kind of get out what you put into it. And I felt like I came in and immediately put my all into, into it. Um, and yeah, from, from there, I mean, you'll never experience Hayward. You'll never get the full experience of Hayward until you're an Oregon athlete mm -hmm. on the starting line. Um, I think you can come and you can be from another school or you can be a spectator and you can say, wow, this is awesome. But until you're at a big meet and they call your name and you hear that roar of the crowd, cause you're, you know, you're a hometown boy, you're, uh, you're a duck and um, yeah. everyone's there to cheer you like you specifically on like you don't understand like what that facility can do for you well you did some awesome stuff there I can't it, it's a long list of, of accomplishments uh, while you ran in collegiately there at the University of Oregon uh, I guess collegiate record holder and in the indoor mile and distant medley those are two uh, that that 
hi, that highlight um, your your experience. But I, I do want to touch on, you know, there, there's, you know, it's not a, it's not a straight line to success. Never is. Um, I've heard you talk about on another podcast that you, you thought that the team and you stayed for your senior or your, this last year for cross country, you thought the team, the cross country team had something to do, had, had more to do and had a chance to do something really special in cross country. Um, so you stayed before you went professional. Um, do you regret that decision? you know, because of the way cross country ended for you personally? No, I don't regret it at all. I think um, I might be more grateful for it um, hmm. because of how it ended rather than if it had ended maybe on a great note. Um, yeah, I think going into this, I knew I had options and Cole and I were kind of on the same page and we um, kind of decided together that we were going to stay. And we went to our, our cross country team camp and um after a day we had to leave actually because there were fires and uh, it was really smoky up there we get mm -hmm. back and cole told me he was like hey i'm gonna sign i'm gonna go pro i think it just makes the most sense for me right now mm -hmm. and that was kind of hard because i felt like he was a really big asset and um i trained with him every day and i know the potential he has and the potential i had um and i think we could have really made a, a big impact on um you know the team scores and everything at ncaa's mm -hmm. and um, you know, he did that and I decided to kind of stick it out and, um, you know, I, I was really happy for him and, uh, but I felt like I had things to accomplish and I felt like I was kind of getting there with every race and, uh, making big strides. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, nationals came around and, you know, it was a whole big thing. And, um, I think I'm really grateful for that because, okay. you know, again, I think I was a bit on a hot streak and, kind of felt like I was on my high horse when I went to any meet and felt like I was the guy to beat. And I think that showed me the depth of the NCAA and yeah. just gave me a taste of really getting beaten, getting it handed to me. Yeah. I mean, it was shocking. I remember why I, I thought you were going to win the, win the race. Yeah. And I mean, I, yeah. I went in thinking the same thing Yeah, and, uh, but it also showed me things I had to change getting to the next level. I think I took some of my success for granted and um, I think it showed me that, yeah, when you want to get to the next level and you want to be a guy who wins every race, you have to do all the little things. I think I yeah. neglected that a little bit in college and, um, you know, I got away with it for the most part. Mm -hmm. And, um, but now I, I know the things that I have to do and, um, kind of everything that goes into it. So, um, yeah, it showed me things have to change things I'm doing well. Um, but at the end of the day, it also, I think was inspiring, not only for me, but for, a lot of the people that were also there um, or who saw it on. Twitter yeah. Or I mean, you, he, he, so for the audience who doesn't know, I mean, you just, he blew up and just had a bad day and, and you could barely finish. I was surprised you were able to finish, but it just was, it just wasn't your day. And it was, you know, it was just shocking. Yeah. So um, no, that must've been really tough. Yeah. I, I felt bad because I felt like he got so much more publicity, right. than, you know, Connor Mance winning his second, Yep. cross country title in one year. Um, so I felt bad for it kind of taking away from that, but I also, I mean, I received so much love and so much support after that. I probably got like five, 600 DMS after that wow. just of, you know, peers, professionals, um, other collegiate racers, high schoolers, you know, anyone, it might be just, you know, really reaching out and extending their support for me. And, um, you know, that was kind of a surreal experience just yeah. seeing how tight knit the community is and, um, 
how invested kind of everyone is in each other's success. So that was, that was really cool and really eye opening. Um, it definitely brought me closer to a lot of people and it, um, it made me just really grateful for, you know, yeah. where I am right now and the people who are around me. So earlier that year, um, you know, and the reason why you were, were, were thought to be a favorite and you were fourth at the Olympic trials, um, which you had an amazing race. Uh, you were less than a second from making the team. You already had the standard. Um, but another point that, you know, again, it's not a straight line that must've been tough. Yeah, it was. Um, there's parts of me that it really was, but I feel like I'm one of my, I think my greatest assets is being able to look at what's next, um, and not really dwell on things that happen. Um, you know, running obviously is kind of the center point of my life, but I feel like I have so much other stuff going on outside of it uh, to the point where, you know, if something doesn't necessarily go my way or something, I just miss out on something, I can be okay with it. I can dwell on it for a little bit and then I can move on. But uh, yeah, I mean, that race was, that race was crazy. I remember running the prelim and just feeling so good mm. and, uh, you know, having all my friends there. Like everyone I loved was in in the stands and all my best friends and it was just like such a electric atmosphere and I remember going out there and I felt absolutely god awful so bad <laughs> was it like ridiculously hot I don't remember what 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 the temperature was ridiculously yeah it hot. was like it was like ninety two degrees was, or something like that and it was yeah. at like ten a.m. right um right. so yeah it was it was super hot it was the hottest I, week ever in Eugene it was crazy I remember that yes insane yeah right. um and. I just remember getting out there and just feeling feeling like crap, terrible. (laughs) but, but at the end of the day, I think that showed me more than anything, what I'm capable of doing and how mentally strong I think I am because, you know, a mile into the 5k, I just like knew I didn't have it, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I mean, I just told myself just, just stay in there and kind of get, get through the hard part and get to the fun part you know, then next thing I know, it's a lap to go and I'm making a push for the lead. Um, yeah, it was just like, it was, it was surreal. And the more I look back at it, the more I think I could have made that team. Um, I think I just gave up a little bit in the last hundred. Uh, but it also showed me those guys are next level. Paul Chalima went and got a medal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid, you look at what they're doing now. It's, yep. I mean, they're some of the top guys in the world. So nothing to be ashamed Um, of there, dude. Yeah. yeah, I think that, that just showed me if I'm that close to them here, what can I do at the next level when, um, you know, I, I change some stuff up and I get into the professional life and, you know, I can focus everything I have into this sport. So yeah, it was definitely, it was very eye opening. Um, I'm really grateful for it. You know, it would have been awesome to, you know, be able to call myself an Olympian right now, but, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, like I was right there and I, I was competitive with it. And, uh, you know, I don't regret it at all. I'm just excited for, you know, the next opportunity. Yep. Yep. And it's, and they're coming and you're, 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 you're really taking advantage of things currently. Um, so you, you have the, the Olympic trials race, you have the cross country race, you know, a lot of races obviously in between, but decide to go pro. Um, was that world crazy? I could talk to your dad a little bit about it. He said that you, um, you know, leaned on your parents a little bit. You had some really good representation who represents you. Uh, Isayo Kiwa, he's, um, yeah, his group is called Riata. And, and, and Gavin Hill, old friend, mm-hmm. Gavin Hill is working with Isaiah, right? Yeah. What's yeah. that relationship? Like, how's that work? How's that work? 
it's awesome because I feel like at the end of the day, if I need anything at all, even if it's, I just have a stupid question. Yeah. I always have, you know, two contact points depending on, you know, what I need. And, um, you know, if it's more casual, I go to Gavin and, uh, if it's more of the business side and, yep. uh, more serious and I got to get this done now, Isai is always there. And, um, you know, I can't talk highly enough about both of them. I feel like Great. they have been so instrumental and, um, you know, how far I've come and, there's kind of no stone left unturned when it comes mm -hmm. down to it. Uh, Isai is very methodical about what he does. And, um, you know, he wants to hit every section and hit it hard and make sure that you're doing everything when it comes to recovery, mm -hmm. eating, sleeping, running. Like, He's a coach day, too, right? He's, he's a coach as well. Yeah. He's done a lot of coaching. He's right. a physician. So he, yep. he's like, I mean, Jack of all trades. Wow. Yeah. There's nothing he can't yeah. do. Really. Um, yeah. And he's really helped me again, this year, just get to the next level and figure out what I was doing wrong and how to change that and um, help me just kind of get my feet wet when it comes to the next level and all the stuff that comes with it. So um, I'm really grateful for both so, of them. So was that process tough for you or you had your parents, you had this great representation and pretty smooth? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a little tough. It's a lot. You're 22, man. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started, I basically started the process in probably may of last year um yeah. that's when i kind of started i mean i talked to a bunch of different agents and yeah uh you know really had a, a great relationship with a lot of them and um at the end of the day like you got to pick one and you got to mm -hmm. pick you know what you're doing i had a bunch uh, like a couple different contracts on the table and um it was definitely tough and i didn't want to rule anything out but obviously it's hard not to want to lead lean towards nike when yeah, there's such a great relationship between, you know, my alma mater and them. And um, you've been doing it for so long. And it at a certain point, you kind of feel like a Nike athlete when you're at Oregon. And um, there was just like a great relationship there. And, uh, you know, I was really grateful for everyone else that sh showed support and wanted to um, kind of throw the hat in the ring in sponsoring me. And um, yeah, there was like just so many great options. It, it was awesome. definitely a really hard decision. And, um, you know, from there. I kind of went and, uh, you know, I saw Cole make that decision and, yep. uh, it was really cool having him during the process as well and not just being kind of the only person doing it. Um, so we bounced ideas off of each other and, um, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. So, yeah, um, it was definitely tough, but also throughout the whole thing, I was just excited about it i mean I, it felt like it's just the next it, step it's ex it. it's crazy exciting man and and you seem humble and you don't take it for granted and it's it's crazy it's crazy you probably would have never visioned this when you're do, trying to do some triathlons at, at fifth grade but it's it's crazy yeah so um so i, I you've mentioned cole hawker a couple times and i got a couple more and we're gonna get you out of here really appreciate your time cooper this mm -hmm. has been awesome um so i think it's pretty rare that the level that you guys are at of talent now now cole hawker for those who don't know olympian at 1500 meters you know he's he, he's you guys overlap on he's probably does more of the shorter distances 1500 were 3k where you're probably 3k 5k is that accurate yeah i think i'm i'm making my way down to the 15 though yeah yeah so, which yeah. i mean you're 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 the collegiate record holder in the indoor mile so i mean it's not like you can't uh you know compete at that level obviously but i, th I think it's really rare to have the same you, you know both of you together at the same university at the same time 
I mean, he's a couple years younger than you, um, but pretty much the same time. And you guys go uh, pro together, uh, essentially. But then you're, you're, you're training together. You're racing together. I looked at this meet where you ran 1306 and Cole ran 1308. You had a little bit of a rabbit, but you don't need these races to be set up across the world. Like you guys have what you need right here. How much of advantage is that? And does that, it's what I'm saying makes sense. Is that a big advantage for you? Oh my God. It's like, it's people don't realize how much of an advantage is. I just remember being in high school and not having anyone to train with and then mm-hmm. getting to the next level. And, you know, you go to college and you have guys to look up to and, and work with. And then someone like Cole comes in, who is, I feel like a generational athlete, like one, you know, once every, yeah, very, very seldom does an athlete like him come around and uh, having him to push me and everything. I feel like we work so well together. And I remember him on his visit. He was like, he came to practice and we ran faster than his mile PR in practice. Um, and I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like this kid will be good, but yeah. never did I think he would get to the level that he's at so quickly. Um, and it's really, it's been really cool to see. And I, I feel like, I mean, I love watching it because I watch it every day at practice. And I feel like I've seen him go from this kid who just came out of high school, 407 guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he runs 10 seconds faster next year. And then he runs seven seconds faster next year. And he, then he wins USA's and he goes and gets fifth at the Olympics. I mean, he's just like, he's a great guy. And again, at the end of the day, he's just a really good friend. Um, and I've loved kind of going on this journey with him. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, when things go wrong, Cole is a guy that you can always count on. He will mm-hmm. never be out of it. You know, I haven't ever seen him really have a bad race. Um, And so, I mean, in that regard, like, especially in that race, we had, we were supposed to have pacing for, you know, 3K or 3,500 and we got about a mile. Mile, it looked like, right. I, uh, you know, we got to like 2K and I turned back and looked at him and I said, okay, I'll take two laps, you take two laps. Wow. And kind of from there, it's just like, you know, we do this stuff in practice all the time. So it's nothing out of the ordinary, really. And I felt like that was just so instrumental in being able to, you know, go and run that time. It's like, okay, I, I hit my splits for two laps and then I tuck in and I get to kind of coast for two laps and he does, he does some work and then we switch again and we switch again. And, you know, yeah, it shows us we can do this on our own. We're good enough. Yeah. Like what happens when we go and get in a race where we're with world-class talent and we just get to coast off them? Like kind of, right, like, that's easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's no telling what our you know ceiling is. I don't think there is a ceiling. Um, I think we kind of both just know how to rise to the. So, so you guys are truly friends because you got to be competitors too. So you're telling me, Cooper, you guys are really friends. Yeah. Good no, I, I know a lot of people who have had <laughs> trouble with understanding that idea because yeah. at the end of the day, it does seem it's it's hard. But I've always, I mean, I've never looked at him as just solely a competitor sure like i've just been around him so much and again i think it's seeing it's not just him coming in and being the best it's like me seeing him rise through the ranks and like i don't want to say i was like a mentor to him but yeah um i mean we just say it it. i think yeah we just work so well together off the bat we established that friendship first um before it was really super competitive so i think we're just really happy for each other once um, you know, success comes to either of us. And yeah, at the end of the day, when you're, when you're on the line and you're in that race, you're competitors, you're sure. do whatever it takes to win. 
But, uh, you know, the second we cross the line, happy for each other. So that's awesome. All right, man. Well, I'm going to get you out of here. Um, but I got to talk about that. The new Hayward field is going to host the world championships, which is just incredible. I mean, I don't know when the last time worlds, if it ever has been, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't know the history of it, but the fact that it's here in the States and then it's at Eugene and you're a duck. I mean, do you feel a lot of pressure that you got to make this team? Yeah. But at the same, (laughs) at the, at the same time, it's, it's not pressure. It's opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of, I don't know, in the back of my head, it feels like I don't have to, it feels like I like want to so badly. And, uh, and it kind of just feels, I don't want to say it feels inevitable, but it just feels like the next step. And, uh, you know, I was so close and, uh, at trials and, um, I think this will be a really big year and I'm kind of trying to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do, where I'm going to be, what event I'm going to do. Um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of figuring it out. And I just feel, I mean, every, you know, every week I feel better than the last. And yep. I feel like I've progressed tenfold just since la- since the Olympic trials. So, um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there and I feel like it's starting to show a little bit in our races and, um, yeah, it's just like it's a really cool opportunity and to do it at home in a place that I'm so familiar with. I think that's a little bit of an advantage. And, uh, you know, I'll know how to handle the pressure because I've been in that in that position before. So and, and, um, and, and, and Cooper, I, I love the the attitude that you feel like it's inevitable. And I don't feel like that's there's a cocky bone in your body when you're saying that. But that's the way you got to think, right? Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, like you get to a certain level and you think it's got to be me like you at the end of the day, if you're giving thought to other people doing it and thinking, Oh, maybe this will happen. Maybe this happened. You got to just, you got to just know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, at the end of the day, this is my job now. Also, it's not, Oh, I'm going, I'm running for Oregon. And right. You know, if I make it, I make it. That's cool. It's a cherry on top. No, you're expected. Like like if I go in metal, that's a cherry on top, but, uh, (laughs) you know, making this team is, you know, it's what I have to do. So, um, I'm just really excited and it's a really cool opportunity. And um, I don't know, I think it's it's just like everything's kind of coming coming together and Eugene is the place to be this year. So I feel really grateful that, you know, I have some experience there and um, it's just, it's where I live. It's where I train, it's where yeah. I breathe. It's, so, so 1306 at Stanford, you got to be running the 5K or are you, are you thinking another event? 1500, what do you, th- what do you think? Um, I'm thinking why not both? Uh, yeah. You know, you can do it with the schedule, I think. And, yep. Um, I think my 1500 stuff is, is coming around. Obviously you got to knock out that standard, got to, sure. um, continue to progress, but yeah, I think there's opportunity there for both. And, um, I mean, the U S is so deep in both. So, oh, absolutely. um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll figure it out when the we'll, time we'll comes. figure it out. Yeah. Right now it's just checking boxes on the way. Yep. Yep. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to Ron, getting to know your dad, uh, Dave. Um, thanks to your whole family for, for helping make this possible. Really enjoyed getting to meet you. Um, I'll be in Eugene for the trials. I'll be in, in Eugene. Um, you know, you're gonna have tons of fans, so maybe we'll get to meet in person, but for, for the worlds as well, but, um, keep doing it, man. Uh, you got a big fan here. Uh, the pace the nation nation, the listeners of this show, big fan of you. So, um, yeah, man. So, uh, what, 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 where can we, where can we see you next before I let you go? Where, where are you going to race next? Um, I think we're going to be in Eugene for the most part. There's a couple little okay. meets, and the I think the first real big one is pre classic in about a month, month and a half. So, awesome. yeah, kind of just 
nose to the grind, yeah. nose to the grindstone yeah. and uh, knock out some training and then hopefully some big racing this spring. All right. Well, awesome. Well, well we can see, you, you know, we don't have to go to Eugene. That's going to be on national TV for the pre-classic. So that'll be fun to watch you uh, compete there. All right, Cooper, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. Likewise. Nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. All right, there he goes. Cooper Tier. He's a professional athlete for Nike. He's a collegiate record holder and just a stud. And he's going to make that world team. It's inevitable. All right, he joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to our guest today, Cooper Tier, who joined us on Pace the Nation. What an awesome interview. I really enjoyed Cooper, really enjoyed getting to meet uh, his family and, uh, you know, one of his reconnecting with one of his big mentors, Ron Wayne. Uh, thanks again to Mike Gugat for connecting it and making that possible. Uh, give Cooper a follow Cooper tier on Instagram, Cooper exclamation point, exclamation point on Twitter. Um, and I'm hoping he'll promote this interview through those, uh, through those channels. All right. So next week, Julie will be back or the next podcast. Julie will be back. I know people will look forward to that. Maybe the maybe, maybe you don't want to look forward to, um, you know, our, our stories about, you know, me inadequately raising our kid and stuff like that. But I got a couple stories. I got to run by her for, for the next week's show. Uh, and, and, and more importantly, a uh, couple of, of really good guests coming up. Um, so we're leading up to the world champs. We're going to have, we're going to sprinkle in some world championship, type folks like Cooper, uh, and the interview schedule and, you know, some other average shows like the rest of us. So we got a lot of, a lot of great guests coming up. So, uh, tell your friends, really appreciate, um, everybody spreading the good word about Pacers, uh, Pacers podcast, Pace the Nation. All right. Thanks again to our guest Cooper tier. Thanks to Chris behind the scenes, making this all work. And thanks to you, the audience. This has been episode 269. I'm Chris Farley for Pace Nation. We'll see you next time. We